other than Christmas Day, there were two other things before Christmas that were part of the holiday season that I couldn't wait for. One was the Sears Wish Book. And if you remember, you received it around October, and it had all the great toys that you thought Santa was going to get for you. And for me as a boy, I loved opening up to the NFL page and seeing whose jerseys were listed, right? So the Steelers was number 32 for Franco Harris, and the Giants was number 10 for Brad Van Pelt. If you don't know who Brad Van Pelt was, just say he was the 1970s Giants version of Lawrence Taylor. He, he just wasn't Lawrence Taylor. No, nobody is Lawrence Taylor. But he was a really good linebacker. The other thing I couldn't wait for were the onslaught of Christmas cartoons that started right after Thanksgiving. And you need to remember, there you couldn't like save it on your smart TV. I mean, heck, this is even in the days before the VCR. If you missed it, you missed it. It was only on once, maybe on twice for the really good ones. And you'd write down on your calendar when your favorites were being shown. It, it created like an advent calendar of Christmas cartoons. You knew when you got to Rudolph, you'd look on your calendar and say, hey, only the year without a Santa Claus remains, and then it's Christmas Eve. On the third day of Christmas arguments, we discussed the Rankin-Bass holiday specials. On the fourth day of Christmas arguments, the question is, what is the best Christmas cartoon, not including Rankin-Bass specials? Teachers, are your digital assignments getting lost in the black hole of a digital folder? Can I suggest a solution? FanSchool. FanSchool is a safe and social learning network where students own and share their learning. Think of FanSchool as a digital bulletin board for your students' work. Take a look. Go to fan.school today. That is fan.school. And imagine what your classroom space will look like on FanSchool. Welcome to your parent-teacher conference, where a 24-7 parent and full-time teacher discusses issues and concerns from both points of view in an attempt to bridge the gap for the sake of kids. So relax, grab a coffee or other comfort drink, and let's talk about it. Hello and welcome to this special edition of the Parent-Teacher Conference. I'm Coach Cullen, your host, and we are on our fourth day of Christmas Arguments. These are special episodes for the Parent-Teacher Conference podcast. Now, typically, Parent-Teacher Conference is about education, looking at it from a parent's point of view and a teacher's point of view, since I am both. But... I thought it'd be kind of neat to talk since the holiday season, we're all revved up for it, to spend a few days talking about some fun things, a little deviation from education as we get to the end of the year. And from some of the responses I've been receiving daily, people are liking this little deviation. I have 
some who I know are loyal listeners to the education part of the podcast, and there are about almost 70 episodes on different topics. So if you're here for the first time and because you're drawn to the Christmas part of it, but you want to see what I talk about, look back at the library. You'll see about 70 topics on education. Choose one. I hope you become a active listener. But my active listeners are like this, but also newer listeners. I have someone who is drawn to the second day, where the second day of Christmas arguments was, what is your favorite Christmas hymn? And he loved the answer. He had performed it himself. And it, the answer just, no, no I'm not going to tell you the answer. If you want to know the answer, what is the best Christmas hymn, look up day two of the 12 arguments of Christmas. But he liked the answer for day two, and he posted out the version that I recommended that you listen to, and even said that he led a church choir with little kids singing that hymn for the holiday season one year, and it's just a great hymn. So I appreciate that. So I'm glad you're coming along for the ride, the argument. I hope that maybe some of the things I try to do is I give you some background or some tidbits that maybe if you get into this argument, hopefully it's more of a discussion around the holiday table, it will provide some great discussion for you this season. Like I said earlier, if you were concerned about the Rankin Bass, like what is the best Rankin Bass holiday special, go to day three. Uh, that would be like, I'm not going to discuss Rudolph or Frosty, The Year Without a Santa Claus, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Those are Rankin Bass specials, and I do cover them in day three. But these are the non-Rankin Bass cartoons and stop-motion animation. So, for one, I'll give you one that is not, I don't believe, is the best Christmas cartoon and we're going to start off with probably something that will get you yelling right at the speaker right now. Because I'm going to say it. I'm going to be the Grinch this holiday season. I'm going to say it. How the Grinch Stole Christmas is not the best Christmas cartoon. And not that I don't like it. And I, I enjoy it. I, for Halloween this year at school, I wore a Grinch outfit. It's a, basically, my daughter's for her birthday last year, her birthday is in the winter. She wanted to do a theme for her friends and the theme it was a sleepover and it was a Christmas theme even though she was her birthday's in February. So we had a tree set up they each kid had to bring a gift for a gift exchange and while they slept overnight, I came out in the Grinch outfit like early in the morning some of them woke up and they're like, what are you doing? I was like Lucy Lou and I stole all the gifts they were doing for the exchange that morning. And I hit them around the house, and they all had to go find all the gifts. So it was cute. It was, And my fifth grade daughter was the one who came up with it. And my students tell me I never smile. I, I wear the Grinch mantle well. It's basically what I'm trying to say here. I really enjoy the Grinch. And I enjoy when people think I'm Grinchy. But in terms of the cartoon, I like it. It's good. It has a great message, right? The idea that... The Grinch needs to change from the inside to become a better Grinch. And it's Dr. Seuss. How can you not like Dr. Seuss in the rhyming scheme? But really, let's think about this. The Grinch 
is the Scrooge. That's, that's, Dr. Seuss just took a Christmas cowl, stripped away most of it, and just set the Scrooge in Whoville. Now, one thing, and I know because it's a very short story, it doesn't really provide you why the Grinch is the Grinch. I mean, the Grinch is the Grinch because he's green and he has a name that sounds like he should be like the Scrooge, I guess. And that's one thing that the Jim Carrey live-action Grinch does. It provides you with a little more background of why the Grinch is the Grinch. But it, that's not really provided in the cartoon. And again, it's for kids. I get it. It's just the funniness of how the Grinch looks, what he does to his poor dog, Max, um, little Lucy Lou. And, you know, the message is still great. That it's, it's a lot, going back to the similarity with A Christmas Carol, you see the Grinch changes when he sees the attitude of the people. You know, one of the things that melts the you know, Ebenezer's heart is seeing Bob Cratchit and his family with nothing but yet still celebrating. They have a lot to be thankful for, just to, for family and being together. Something with all the gold that Scrooge has, he doesn't have that. And the same way, the Grinch has Max, and Max is very loyal, but he sees the townspeople, even without all the presents, even without all the food, they still come out, and they still welcome Christmas. Because, as, you know, as the story goes, as the narrator says, Boris Karloff, right? Um, it's not about all that. That's not what it's about. And... The Grinch changes just like the Scrooge changes. But it, I, like I said, if you really think about it, it's a knockoff of the Scrooge story. But like I said, I don't hate the Grinch. I, I do enjoy watching it. I just don't think it's the best. And talking about Scrooge, one of my favorite Christmas cartoons of all time is an old one. It's Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. And if you don't know who Mr. Magoo is, he's an old cartoon character from the 50s. And if you want to know more about that, I'm not going to get into it because I do talk about it. He's my favorite. He's the best Scrooge ever. But I'm not going to get into that cartoon in this episode because I already did. Because he is the best Scrooge ever. And you need to listen to day one of the 12 Days of Christmas arguments to hear if you want to know more about Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. A more recent Christmas cartoon that's not ranking best. It's not a cartoon. It's, it's, well, it's based on a cartoon, but for this episode, this Christmas episode, they did stop motion animation with it. It's SpongeBob Christmas. Plankton has an idea to get, with using fruitcake, to get everybody mad at each other and get Santa Claus all upset. And it has the classic song, Don't Be a Jerk, It's Christmas. So that's one. If you haven't checked it out, you should. Again, I'd like it. I watched it with my younger daughters. They used to get a good chuckle out of it. Not my favorite, but a good one. Now, some of you are probably going to wonder, am I going to mention The Muppets Christmas Carol starring Michael Caine as Ebenezer Scrooge? And I'm, well, I did, but I'm not going to talk about it. 
But I am going to talk about another Christmas special that is my wife's favorite that was also created by the Jim Henson Company, the guy who was responsible for Sesame Street and all the Muppets, Jim Henson, if you don't remember who he was. And it's Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. It's a twist on the O. Henry story, The Gift of the Magi, with Otter's The Otter family with the mother and the son um, being the two protagonists of the show and their love for one another. And it's just everything you love about the Muppets in a very tender way. It's a a, a nice little story, some humor to it. Not my favorite, but hey, to to keep peace on earth. In my family with my wife, I have to mention it. It's very good. Even before I married my wife, I would have to say I I enjoyed watching Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. I remember watching as a kid and seeing it um, several times past that. But my wife really loves it, and she did buy a copy on DVD for our kids, so she shows it to our daughters every Christmas season. But the best Christmas cartoon that isn't a Rankin-Bass special And if you want to know which I chose as the best Rankin-Bass special, that would be found on day three of the 12 Days of Christmas Arguments. And I I would say that this cartoon surpasses what I chose for Rankin-Bass. And I I really enjoyed Rankin-Bass specials. But this cartoon still is the king of all Christmas cartoons for me. And that is, you have to know it, right? Because I haven't mentioned it yet. You know what it is. Charlie Brown Christmas. So I'm going to share a couple of tidbits about a Charlie Brown Christmas. I'm going to start at the end. If you've ever seen a broadcast run of a Charlie Brown Christmas, you remember it ends with all the peanut cast around the Christmas tree that they bought. And they decorated. And they're kind of like humming or hooing, I don't know, to, um, I believe it's to Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And it ends abruptly. It's like, it doesn't seem like it should end there. And the reason for that is the cartoon was made in 1965 and it was sponsored by the Coca-Cola Company. And if you saw the original run, what would have happened is the kids would continue like coming along and the cartoon would pan up and you would see a, basically a title slide announcing that it was paid for by the Coca-Cola company. So in, as the show kept on being shown, Coca-Cola no longer sponsored it. So they cut it out of the show. That's why it ends so abruptly, if you remember that. I always remember, I always, 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 it took to the internet age for me to finally find out why does it end so awkwardly. Of course, one of the really neat things about Charlie Brown Christmas is it gave us kids a little bit of artistic flair. It, it, it introduced us to jazz. I mean, yes, we remember the haunting Christmas time is here, but that do, 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 you know, it, it, it became a trademark of all the other Charlie Brown specials to come because this was the first. 
they were taking a chance on this comic strip designer to create a Christmas cartoon in 1965. And you need to know, it was coming off the heels of the highly successful Rudolph that Rankin-Bass created in 1964. And when the person who commissioned and really pushed for Schultz, Charles Schultz, the designer of Peanuts, to create this cartoon, when they first saw it, they thought it was horrible. They, they didn't think this would be successful. The problem was they already booked the time. They had to show it. And they just thought it wasn't the carefree, fun peanuts that the kid, people read in comic strips. And they thought people would just hate it. One thing they did not like about it was they felt it had too much religion. They thought there was going to be a controversy here because Charles Schultz, which I believe in a non-preachy way, presented the Christmas message. Now, a lot of cartoons and a lot of specials either go one of two ways. The most popular way of going is you focus on the Santa Claus Christmas story. But the other way, of course, you can go with the religious aspect, the Jesus Christmas story, that to Christians, Jesus was the Son of God born in a manger on Christmas Day. Well, if you remember Peanuts, the Charlie Brown Christmas show, you don't see Jesus at all. So why were they so concerned about it being preachy and nobody would want to watch it? You need to understand that Schultz fought vigorously for this. He felt like, if I'm going to do Charlie Brown, I'm going to do it based on what I believe, my, my belief. He was a Christian. He, he felt the message of Christmas was found in Jesus, not in Santa. And I would say that he did a great job not being preachy about it. In fact, when I was younger, one of my part-time jobs was working as a youth director in small churches, several, a couple small churches. And every Christmas, one of my lessons for the week was we would watch a Charlie Brown Christmas and discuss it because it has a great message. And even if you're not a Christian during this holiday season, I still think it has a great message if you think about what it's saying. So let's look at it. Let's, let's discuss the plot a little bit. Charlie Brown asks the question that really defines what the 22 minutes of cartoon is all about. And he says it near the end, and it's this. Is there anybody who knows what Christmas is all about? I mean, Charlie Brown expresses the line as pretty early on that he knows everybody is happy during this time of year, but he isn't. I mean, here's the quote. It's a great one. He says this. I think there must be something wrong with me, Linus. Christmas is coming, but I'm not happy. I don't feel the way I'm supposed to feel. And then you have Snoopy, right? What's Christmas to Snoopy? Well, for Snoopy, Christmas is all about the lights, right? Decorating his doghouse in order to win the best lighted house in the town, which, of course, he does. To Sally, Charlie Brown's little sister, it's about getting gifts from Santa. You know, in fact, demanding gifts from Santa. What she says, as, as Charlie Brown walks away, reading her whole, this whole list of things that Santa needs to get for her, and says, good grief, 
Sally says this, all I want is what's coming to me. All I want is my fair share. In fact, Sally even earlier says, Christmas is getting all you can get while the getting is good. And then think about the play that Charlie Brown is asked to direct. It's a play about the nativity. There's the main story of Christmas. And every time Charlie Brown tries to get all the kid actors going, what happens? Music breaks out and they all start dancing, right? Like you always remember the one guy who kind of just is like moving in place, like running in place, right? His feet and, you know, heel to toe for each foot. Um, and the one person with their arms and their heads going back and forth. But that's what most of us are during Christmas. We're all about the festivity, but we miss the reason. We miss the play. We miss the reason why we're there. Which makes Charlie Brown exclaim, does anybody know what Christmas is all about? And are we like that during this season? Is it all about making sure the lights are just right outside? They shine brighter than your neighbors. Is it all about running from store to store at this time? Now, in our current situation, going from online retail store to online retail store to order the perfect gift, is are we stressed out by that? Are we stressed out by the, the fact that it's going to bust our budget? We're going to go into debt just to get gifts. Are we stressed about making sure we get to all the Christmas parties we've been invited to? Um, is it all about the music? I mean, Charles Schultz in a non-threatening way, challenges us to think about it. Using the Peanuts gang, he is reflecting all the things that detract our true enjoyment of the season. And that's why Charlie Brown isn't enjoying it. Because all he sees are the distractions. And they're distractions because they don't flow out of the reason. I think that's a key part. I mean, think about the Christmas tree that falls over and Charlie Brown's like, I've killed it. And this is after Linus gives his big speech about what Christmas is all about. And now the decoration of that tree is flowing out of the kids knowing what the true season is all about. And it's a, it's not just about making that, you know, like Lucy says, you know, it never really wasn't really a it isn't really a bad little tree because they made fun of remember they made fun of Charlie Brown for getting it, and now they're seeing the tree in a different light. They've realized that the joy of Christmas, or what Christmas is really all about, should even flow to Charlie Brown. And the fact that he feels horrible right now about because everybody made fun of him about the tree, it's now the decoration of the tree. And, and why does it look beautiful? It looks beautiful. Because now the kids know the true reason of Christmas. And it's flowing out of that. And of course, Charlie Brown comes back in and he gets to experience Christmas joy. Like I said, Jesus is never mentioned in this cartoon. But yet, as a Christian, you can see what Charles Schultz is driving at. And if you're not a Christian, I I think you can still get out of it the idea of what distracts you in life from what's the real meaning, the real purpose of life. Are we, are the lights and sounds and the festivities, 
all just a covering for a problem or for what's really meaningful for us. Like I said, Charles Schultz was a genius. This is why that cartoon is the best Christmas cartoon ever. And I'm going to end with what Linus answers Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown says, Does anybody know what Christmas is all about? Here is Linus's reply. It comes from the New Testament, Luke chapter 2. Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them. And they were afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill to men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Thank you for joining me on the Parent Teacher Conference podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share this podcast with friends. They can be teachers, they can be parents, they can be someone who's just interested in education and parenting. If you have a comment, a question, or an idea for a future topic, please feel free to reach out to me at ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. Remember, A good teacher cares deeply for their students. But good parents love those students, their children, deeply.